Welcome to the Vaudacity. Today we have another exciting guest for you. We have a good friend of mine. I've known him for about seven years now. Uh, he's been around the world. He's been in New York. He's been in New Jersey. Um, but beyond that's that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, much that's it. pretty much it. So uh, I would like to introduce you all to Travis Spencer. Hello. Uh, I think we first met. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was my other. Uh, that's right. We worked together. The first time I met you, yeah. you were locked out because you didn't have a a badge to get into the <laughs> department, right? Right. That's probably right. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, I remember it distinctly because we would get the posting for the next week's schedule, and then there would be like a new guy on the schedule, and you're like, who's this guy? And it's so- very <laughs> weird being the new guy um, because you don't know if anyone likes you or anything. So anytime you start a new job, it's always a strange environment, you know, but... Uh, right, you always feel like you're either in the way or you're slowing people down. Yeah. Um, my dad always told me, when you're the new person, what you need to do is go in there and tell everybody else that's been at that job for years that they suck yeah. and you're going to do their job better than they can do. And that's Yeah, the, I, uh, I find that a good rule of thumb, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, you're a stepping stone on my way to the top. Uh, you know, that's kind of how I roll. Um, before we begin, I just want to say it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me uh, here Thanks at Bay Ridge. Uh, I brought um, one of a close personal friend of mine that lives here in Bay Ridge. Uh, I'll introduce him. Sure. Uh, okay, this is my friend, uh, Joe Pescatore from uh, Pescatore Italian Deli. Hey. Uh, say hello, Joe. Yeah, hello, buddy. This is Joe Pescatore. Nice to meet you. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Good. You got a salami? I don't have any salami. Do you? Yeah, I got salami provolone. You like provolone? Yeah, but uh, I'm more of a mozzarella, right? That's what uh, you guys call it. I do it. like a good mozzarella. Uh, Vardy, Joe, um, he's, a, uh, he's a local guy. Uh, met him out here a while ago. So uh, I thought since I was in Bay Ridge, I'd just um, invite him for some support. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, he's got the salami, so... He does have salami. Salami is the best deli meat. <laughs> See, I'm always been, I've been partial lately to uh, some smoked Gouda and uh, Chipotle chicken from Boar's Head. I feel like they have a very fine product. My grandfather would only eat Boar's Head uh, products. That's a fact. Isn't that? It, it, it's such an unappealing name, but uh, I guess if you got a good product, it doesn't matter, right? My grandfather was convinced that um, hot dogs were covered in skin. Like they were maybe in 1910, but you know, store. He thought that little thing on that was like a skin, and he would make you strip it before he would eat it. See, to me, that's the best part is the casing. They used to yeah. make them out of the pig intestine, and that's where all the flavor is. That's <laughs> I make a good sausage. If you want good sausage, come to Pescatores. All right, Joe. Joe I don't take it easy. I, I, we didn't have you. You're on not here even to an invited in guest. A- you invited me, asshole. All right, all, all right. right. Calm down. Calm Slow down. down. <laughs> These Brooklyn guys. Hey. Anyways. Okay. All right. So now, Joe, let me answer these questions. Travis. Yes. Um, I know that you've never listened to a podcast before, right? No, that's not true. That's not true. No, that's absolutely oh. not true. Well, then that all my questions are completely. I listen out to, the window. Uh, a lot of uh, what's he's called the sports guy. He talks about NBA, and I listen to that sometimes. Okay, so you so you're familiar with the format of a podcast. I am, yes. yes. Okay, <laughs> I thought this was like 
you know, you has this know. gone viral yet? Is this podcast viral yet? Yeah, it's viral. Joe, we just started it. That's not how it works. I don't know what the, all these kids talk about viral. I don't know. I, That's not how it works. So, um, for the past few weeks, I've had this, like, I, I thought I had, like, a piece of beard fur or something yeah. wrapped around my, like, uvula. Because that's what it, what I'm it not familiar felt like. with that word, uvula. Uvula. It's the, uh, the little dangly thing in the back of your throat. I thought that was the tonsils. No, those are next to it. But oh, okay. that's a good point because the part I'm getting to is uh, last night I was able to actually cough up the thing that I think that's been in my throat for a while. And at first I just thought, oh, that's just like a booger. Like it came, but no. I got a little sniff of it and it was like the most putrid thing you could have ever smelled. And It's I, not from Pescatores, I'll tell you that. <laughs> And I, I looked it up on the internet. It's true. Pescatores does have no, great food. No, we don't. Yeah, they don't have those. Yeah, great um, food there. It turns out that it was a tonsil stone. I didn't know those Never were things. Never heard of it. So apparently your tonsils have a little crevice that it can, that, I don't know, things can get in there. So apparently like a little bit of mucus and debris and some bacteria form and they kind of clog up the little uh, crevice in the tonsil and... Uh, when I coughed that up, it smelled really bad. Imagine if you swallow that, that would be extremely painful, sort of like a kidney stone, maybe. No, it wasn't. It was kind of soft, but it was it, yeah. like I knew it wasn't a booger per se because it didn't have the same qualities. It looked like one, but it did not hold up like a booger. What a way to start my, uh, by, by the way. Everyone has tuned out by now. Listen, we were on the subject of tonsils, and that was because of you. Um, you also are a big nonfiction reader, am I right? That's true. I I, uh, I do tend to favor nonfiction. I will read fiction, uh, but it's probably about one out of every four books is a fiction book. I'm very particular about my fiction right. books that I read. Do you have a particular uh, writer that you follow a lot? Yeah, I like uh, well, I like the old guys like Hemingway who. We were speaking of before mm-hmm. uh, Fitzgerald. Um, Are you big into Vonnegut? Yeah, I've never read him. Actually, I feel like you would like him. I and like I, him. He's kind of got a he's got a nice economy of language, kind of like Hemingway in a way. But yeah. it's every time like I'll see like a Vonnegut quote or something like out of context, I'm like, wow, that's really good. And I get to the end, it's like Kurt Vonnegut. I'm like, see, oh, of course. It's it's not hard for it's hard for me to get into high concept uh, things because I don't I read kind of once. A, a week, you know, when I'm commuting or something. Right. So that's why nonfiction books are so easy because you can just come in and pick it up again. Whereas something like I find it, I, I feel like you kind of have to have it fresh in your mind all the time. Well, I could be wrong. I don't know. The the impression I get from Vonnegut, it's a... Uh, I read Mario Puzo, Godfather, best book ever written. I didn't like The Godfather, actually. I read that. Yes. Uh, the movie is so far superior to uh, the book. That's interesting, because normally you hear the opposite, and yeah, I think a lot of that just comes down to because you can't get into the character's mind like you would in a movie. Hey, yes, what do you Joe. like better? One or two? See, uh, Joe, you might be upset with me, but I've never actually seen The Godfather. Oh, my God. Um. People like two. I actually uh, prefer Godfather one to two. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think there's a lot of. Um, now I just it, think it's a better story. Did they make the Godfather knowing that they were going to have to make a Godfather two? I don't think so. I don't. I'm not well versed enough in that, okay. but I don't think so. 
because uh, I'm not going to tell you the ending, but one ends pretty conclusively, uh-huh. which leads you to believe they didn't intend a sequel. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, both great. Um, well, it's kind of like Forrest Gump. Yeah, he's the that Winston Broom. He's written like a bunch of sequels, I think, at least one anyway. Well, I don't think anyone ever reads well, it. Well, what I had read is that Forrest Gump is actually the opposite case where the movie's better than the book as right. well. Yeah. And uh, apparently the guy, the movie did phenomenal at the box office, but due to Hollywood accounting, he didn't get anywhere near the amount of profits that he was looking for. I don't think he even got paid. So he wrote a sequel to Forrest Gump where Forrest yes. goes to outer space. Yes. And the thought is that he made it so bad that no one would even want to make that sequel. So like he, he kind of like self Mission accomplished. Himself. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard uh, the first the Forrest Gump book is pretty outlandish. I have no interest in ever reading it. Well, the movie itself is outlandish. You know. What's your opinions on that movie? I, I really liked it. Um, the first time I saw it when I was a kid, though, I thought it was called Looking for a Skunk. For some reason, when my mom came home with the VHS, I thought she said, we're going to watch Looking for a Skunk, not Forrest Gump. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, any minute this skunk is going to come out. And no... When they finally got to Vietnam, I was like, this, this is where the skunk's going to come out. And it still didn't come. So at the end of the movie, I'd ask my mom, why is that movie called Looking for a Skunk? She said it's called Forrest Gump. And so I worked at a theater when that came out. Um, so one thing, if you work at a theater, you see the movies that are out about 40 times each. Right. So I was, I was quite familiar with it at one time. Um, it's okay to me. It's not uh, not great. Um, Joe, what do you think? Eh, Forrest Gump's a good movie. Look, it's okay. Yeah, I kind of I kind of tend to agree. Um, speaking of movies, I don't know if a lot of our listeners know this, but um, I did a little IMDb searching on you, Travis. Oh yeah, and uh, I found out that you were in a movie. Yeah, in uh, 2013 or thereabouts. Uh, I was in, uh, I was in a movie, uh, well, I was originally in the lead for, uh, I think it was Iron Man, but I lost mm-hmm. it out. I lost out to Robert Downey Jr. Right. Uh, I don't, no, I don't think I was in a, a, a movie. What, uh, what, like a short film? No, I don't think I, I don't think I was in one of them. I think you may be having me mistaken for someone else. It wasn't called Void? No, that doesn't sound familiar. What if I, uh. Or happened to go on the internet, and I were to pull up this movie poster. What is this guy doing? I don't know, Joe. Joe, what's on sale tomorrow? Oh, Capicola. Got, got Capicola. Good price, half pound. I might just, I just might pick that up. So, so, so I've got this. Podcast is an audio uh, vi- uh, medium, isn't it? I know, it? but I'm going to give a link that's, where the people can go on and find me. this. This isn't you? No. This isn't you, Travis Spencer? No. It even says your name. That is not me. So you weren't involved in this project? No. Just a uh, guy that happened to look like... It, I, don't, I don't even really see a resemblance, to be honest. I just suppose a coincidence. I once found a bunch of uh, Travis Spencer's in the Florida phone book. Uh so it's not the only one. I'm not the only one with that name. I mean, it says that you you played man. 
<laughs> so is it a Garden of Eden story? Or? Well, I don't know because it wasn't man. man and woman. It was just man and neighbor. Man and neighbor. So uh, that's I, 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 after I looked this up, I, I saw your performance in it, and it was very uh, uh, melancholic. Speaking it's, of man, can I let me uh, go off on uh, in New Jersey? Uh huh. There's these. I hope I'm not getting politically incorrect here. If I am, I'm not intending to. But uh, there's these people that are known as Jackson Whites, who are descended from uh, Hessian mercenaries mm-hmm. from the Revolution. So after the war, they settled and they've kind of intermarried with um, freed uh, blacks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they're kind of this. Uh, they've persisted to this day in kind of a. Uh, inbred culture but they all they only have a handful of surnames which is like mulligan to groot man that's why i said man is one of them uh-huh uh it's 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 pretty bizarre they live in the mountains of ramapo mountains um they tried to classify themselves as a an indian tribe but uh-huh. the government keeps rejecting them because right. well they're, they're not they're not <laughs> so uh that's my. Uh, that's just a little slice of life in uh, New Jersey. There, they you probably don't know about. No, I didn't. Um, speaking of home states, my home state was actually kind of uh, brought up at the State of the Union last night. Oh, was it? I didn't hear that. Um, well, I don't know if you've heard. There's this young man uh, from Wilmington, Delaware. His name is Joshua Trump. And, oh, I read it in the post today. Yeah, and yeah. kids have been making fun of him. Yeah, for his last name. For his last name. And so I guess Donald Trump's idea was, oh, I'll bring him to the State of the Union. Cause that, Why are kids so cruel? Why are they making fun of him for his name? Hey, they didn't choose his name. I, I, I don't know, Joe. Just kids are like that. I don't know. So uh, the thing was, I, f- I felt like that would just make things worse. Don't you think? Like... If the kids yeah, already probably. don't like seem to side with Donald Trump, why would you? <laughs> Can I bring something up yeah. about the State of the Union? And this is not uh, partisan. This is across parties and everything. Does it seem like the State of the Union exploits people's suffering for to the own politicians gain? For it, sure, it happens every year. It's, it's just uh, not one guy. Yeah, it's like, like oh, a, uh, pep this rally. poor woman's husband was shot dead. Uh, horrible, and then. It's like, but now I'm getting cheers for bringing it up, you know? Right. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way, but that's the state of American politics, I suppose. Right. Um, and so going back to this kid, um, so this morning, I didn't watch the State of the Union because, like I said, I, I've been trying to, what do you call that? You know what I want the State of the Union? What? I want a president come out and say, hey, America, it's it's not great, but it's not bad. Could be better, could be worse. And then he just walks off the stage. That would be nice. That reminds me of uh, Outcast when uh, Andre 3000 accepted his Grammy back in like 2003 or 2004. He just went up there and he just said, thank you, and got off the stage. And Do I you was think like, Hey Ya is overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Properly rated. Uh, I think it's overrated. I think, well, it's a funny thing because in my little notebook I have, yeah. like I like to write down little ideas. I actually wrote down <laughs> this. I'm not making this up. Outcast. Hey, yeah. Really laid out the game plan for me. Oh, it's personally inspirational. Right. Because th- that showed me that 
you can play every instrument and you can sound good doing it because he well prince already proved that didn't he? right but at, at my age when that song came out i was 13 or 14 years old prince had you know paul mccartney played every instrument on his first solo album exactly but seeing that music video really put it in perspective because you could see like okay so he laid down his drums the bass the keyboard guitar uh vocals all that other stuff so it was like anyways joe has something to say joe. yeah joe nothing beats doo-wop music best music music of the streets yes you big uh frankie valley fan too love frankie valley love the four seasons doo-wop we used to sing on the street corner when i was a kid belmont avenue bronx i bet you get a nickel for that too right oh we get nickels dimes quarters mm. provolone <laughs> salami you could eat provolone salami for days. Joe, Joe is a New York institution. Sounds like it. Um, Been here since I was born. <laughs> which, which was many years ago, by the way. 72, asshole. <laughs> okay. Travis, can next time uh, you give me a little heads up when you're going to bring somebody <laughs> over? I, I wasn't prepared for this. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, back to the State of the Union. Yeah. So... Trump brings that kid along, and the kid falls asleep at yes. the... <laughs> well, I would, too. It's boring as hell. I know, but it's just so funny that, like... Because now, that kid's going to get made fun of for a whole different reason now. And, you know, I I just thought it was just the ultimate irony. I don't know. Just some kid that's, you know, being bullied. And, uh, you know, for some reason, they thought the best way to deal with that would be to take him to the reason that they're bullying him and then he falls asleep anyways i wonder if that's that kid's real name either because that's not trump's real name well they said uh it was his mother's maiden name and that he's going by his dad's name now so i i don't know which is obama actually <laughs> it's, it's no it's actually berto which i was like berto berto i don't know um doo-doo-doo. so um do you have uh, any like genealogy that goes back in time, or were you guys kind of like immigrants? <laughs> uh, well, uh, interesting. I'm a uh, first generation immigrant, but also you're a first generation immigrant uh, on one side. Okay, and the other side goes back to uh, the Mayflower. So it's kind of uh, I got it from both perspectives. Excellent. Um, well, the uh, only reason I bring that up is because. Um, I did one of those DNA right. tests. You're now a Mormon. You've been converted to Mormon, <laughs> Mormonism against your will. Well, that's what I was afraid of. That and the FBI having they mean access well, to my they mean DNA. Well. Um, my thing was, uh, my great-grandmother always told us that we had like Cherokee or some sort of Native American in us. And Look at Elizabeth Warren! Exactly. Thanks, so Joe. This is something that happens like with a lot of people. Right. Like, you know... Their grandmothers tell them these Let me, uh, stories. What is the cachet of uh, fabricating this uh, American Indian heritage? I think it's to give yourself some legitimacy of like belonging and being here. Like, right. oh, I was here first, and you came yeah. later. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's the only thing I no, can that think makes of. Sense. Like, yeah. it's almost like uh, manifest destiny in a way. Like, oh. I've survived this and, you know, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to a house where they like kind of uh, 
where they're definitely white people, but they have a bunch of like Native American like spiritual stuff. Like if I have, it was just for decor uh, purposes, not claiming any kind of ancestry. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But sometimes these people can go overboard. Or a lot stuff. of Oriental like dream design catchers. too, like Oriental carpeting, um, you know, or, Oriental art. Uh, oh, that was popular too, right? Like Japanese. Yeah. I f- the thing for me, I feel like it's more of a rural country thing to be into uh, Native American. Yeah, stuff, I think you know? in like areas like Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia, like the Appalachian states, that's a big thing, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. So you had family that have been here since the Civil War and before. Yes, and you, by the way, none of them were slave owners. Okay, I was gonna. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm getting to. Um, do you were uh, any of them fighting on the Union side or the uh, South? Do you know? Well, they originally were in uh, settled in new york uh-huh. uh and then at some point they took a wa- wagon train out to ohio sounds horrible yeah so they lived out in ohio for a while in the civil war they would have been in an ohio right and then sometime between the civil war and uh 1900 they migrated back to new york city where they've been ever since yeah so my uh my f- my father was born in washington heights my grandfather was born in harlem uh, I don't know beyond that, but okay, yeah. So uh, when I did my uh, ancestry thing, it gave me like a family tree. Yeah, and that was the first time I was able to see what was allegedly a picture of Vaudi Senior, right? Who would be my great grandfather, and then from there, I was able to trace back a few great grandfathers. There was all sorts of crazy names. There was like a Ulysses S. Grant Puckett. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people were named after just politicians or generals and things yes. like that back in the day um but i have a, a relative named bushrod that's his first name uh-huh a little bit israel biblical names like that yeah right right like nimrod and yeah um so i found out that my great 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 grandfather or something like that was on the confederacy because my family had uh resided in virginia right. for hundreds of years yeah and he had died in the Confederacy, um, or for the Confederacy, I guess, when he was like 32. Um, but thankfully, he was able to procreate. Yeah. Or else, you know, my whole family would be totally different. I wouldn't be here. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, there's this drive to for people to be like, to claim their heritage as like a reason why they'll fly like the Confederate rebel flag or, you know, whatever. But for me... As someone that like could literally go and become a son of the Confederacy, yeah, I think that that's just a stupid reasoning. I think that there's other implications that that flag holds for certain people. Well, and, uh, one thing we have to remember is I was just at Gettysburg last May too, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of uh, it's fresh in my mind. But uh, we have to remember the Confederates were Americans also, and they are American war veterans and American war deceased. Um, and your rank and file was not, were just work, um, illiterate poor farmers who really knew not what they do and kind of fought on behalf of their state. States were more prominent back then 
not sure. like today. Um, for example, Robert E. Lee fought for Virginia only. Not uh, if Virginia had become a uh, a union state, he would have fought for the union. Uh, so it's it, it's things are more intricate than we present them today. Um, as far as the last thirty years, the Confederate flag has really uh, taken on kind of um, dark overtones or undertones, whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, you can see back in the seventies during Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I was watching something the other day. It was uh, I can't remember what because I watched it was somebody prominent. And uh, they had a big, and not uh, somebody wouldn't. It was like a '50s singer, but from like New York or something. Uh, Joe might know, but uh, uh, they have a big, they're a big flag behind them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's and it's the flag itself is not even really. It was just one of many flags, you know. Right. Well, that's the thing why i think it's taken on the meaning it's taken on these days is because people use it as a tool of intimidation and, right um you well know. today um it's kind of taken on the equivalence of the nazi bred swastika flag which uh to me is a bit of a false equivalency um i'm not saying there's not issues with it i'm just saying it's it's a little more nuanced, I think, than it's presented. Um, I've, you know, I grew, even in New Jersey, I would see the Confederate flag of Southern wannabes. Right, that's the thing that's always confused me because Delaware was technically a border state, and uh, there was plenty of people that I guess defected to the South, um, and other, you know, there was a very wealthy plantation owner, John Dickinson, who. Uh, was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. That's uh, a a place that we bring our school children to. Yeah, is the Dickinson Plantation, and it's like, huh, okay. And then you know they show us the slave quarters, and then right. show you how yeah, it's like Mount Vernon too. And yeah, like it, it, it's just uh, it's weird to see it almost celebrated in a way, but uh, not that they're erasing history either. You know, I mean, it's good to look back on our past and see where we've come and hope that we're building a better future for our children. Did you have this phenomenon in New Jersey? I'm sorry, Delaware. We had it. I noticed like there's a lot of people who are Southern wannabes. Yeah. Well, my thing was when I was growing up, remember Jeff Foxworthy always making those you might be a redneck jokes. And it was my understanding, like, he's making fun of rednecks. Like, if you're a redneck, you're stupid. Like, yeah. And, you know, I didn't think anybody would willingly choose to be a redneck. And when I had gotten to high school, you know, kids that you'd been around for years, uh, live in the same neighborhoods and stuff, all of a sudden have jacked up trucks. They're wearing yeah. Carhartt, you know, like, yeah. and you're like, wait, you, you wore Hawaiian shirts all last year. Now... Now you're a flannel guy. I see. My neighbor, when I was growing up, all he wanted to do was move to Texas. That was like his uh-huh. dream. And he eventually did. So How's he doing? I don't know. I haven't seen him in oh. many, many years. <laughs> He's been a changed man. Yeah. In my neighborhood, everyone wanted to get made. 
We didn't want any of this southern shit. We wanted to get made. So are you a made man, Joe? I can't talk about it. Okay. You know, Joe's got the omerta. He can't discuss it. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, it's at price of death, possibly. Yeah, that's right. I know there's a a big push uh, that you wanted to make. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you brought this up. This you, is a pet issue of mine. It's kind of why I'm here. Right. I have a similar case. I want to, I want you to present the thing that you want. Yeah. And then I'll tell you the thing I don't want or whatever. Right. We can go from there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have two issues, both regarding calendars and time. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, first is uh, I don't want to do a way where we, the fall where we set the clocks back is that it daylight savings yeah yeah i don't like it getting dark an hour earlier no. let's do away with that okay uh, i want it more light light is good light at the end of the day we, we're not a nation of farmers anymore no we're a nation of pescators and and uh city dwellers let's let's keep the lights up that's one two uh i want to change the hours of the day from midnight to midnight to 6 a.m to 6 a.m 3 a.m. is the same day as the day you've been awake all day. Sure, but on that point, like, wouldn't six? Should we just name 6 a.m. one? Like, should we the first hour of the day? Well, 12 is start? a number now, so like, it doesn't have to be. I mean, right? But in a 24-hour system, that makes sense. But should we start if if you want to go from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. Should we? Or, yeah, uh, should we change it to 1 a.m. Should that be the first hour? Should we call it zero hour? I think it would be too confusing. We're so set in the current. Just say, hey, it's 6 o'clock, turns 5.59 a.m. to 6. Okay, now it's a new day. I feel like there would just be too many issues with the computers. You remember Y2K. You were yeah, nothing happened. Nothing happened because we were able to prevent it through our uh, <laughs> due diligence and our crack internet solving things. Um it's like, I don't like, if I'm out partying, you know, it's 2 a.m., it's like, oh, right. it's the next day. Well, have you ever gone partying when uh, it's spring forward? So that's the yes, worst. Yes, I have. And I had you to go to work the next day. I've done both. I've found where you gained an hour and you lost an hour. It's more fun when you gain that hour. Yeah. I feel like if we're going to end, we should end it there, and then when we spring forward, just don't spring forward. You know, that's, there's two of my uh, major issues I'm trying to get past so all right so you got two issues then yeah. i'll give you my two issues please my first issue is i don't like parades i think parades are dumb i think they should be outlawed or we should at least just have one big parade day everybody that has a float everybody that has a but then you have competing banners, resources i don't care kids like thanksgiving day parade i think don't they i don't know i don't know either i just know as someone that has been in parades I don't like them. We had a Little League parade when I was in Little League. Where you get to dress up in your Little League Yeah, your uniform. uniform. Yeah, and then you end, and it ends at the field, and then you play games. What was your team name? I was on the, uh, well, I was on many teams over the years. I was on the Pirates. Uh, you were traded around? You are a free agent? I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually was traded, uh, which might be a first for Little League. Um, <laughs> I was on a non-playoff team, and I got "quote unquote" traded to the team going into the little league. Was Rooks. that because you were like bigger and taller than everybody? Or I wasn't bigger and taller, no. just good. Uh, <laughs> so I was traded to the Mets, uh, uh, which was probably against the rules, but whatever. Anyway, we lost in the 
we never made it to Williamsport, but Excellent. Uh, yeah. And uh, so parades, I'm uh, I'm against uh, your position on parades. Mm. Uh, I just I just feel like they ruin everything for everybody else that doesn't want to be in the parade. Well, it's a minor inconvenience, you know. Um, and my other thing is, I think I, I know this is going to ruffle a lot of feathers, but I think there should be lanes on the sidewalk, at least in places where there's high traffic volume of people. Uh, that could work. I mean, if we're going to make jaywalking a crime, we might as well make uh, walking I'm on the wrong side of the sidewalk. I'm a little bit. Go ahead. Uh, when I was living in England, there's a very strict escalator policy. Right. Where if you're going to stand, you stand on the right, and people who want to walk stand on, go up on the left. It works fine. In this country, you have clowns that stand on both sides, mm-hmm, but they're mm-hmm. blocking it. We have to kind of establish that standing on the right only policy. Uh, people can get very mean if you block their path uh, in Europe. They should just have little signs on escalators. I don't know why it would be. Yes, yeah, stand you know? on the right. Uh, there have been many a times where I would uh, be on an escalator, and uh, some people I feel like think escalators are rides. They just stand on them and keep going. I'm like, this is to help you get from point A to point B faster, not to like have a little joy ride. Joe's tapping me on the shoulder. He wants to say something. Sure. I don't. You know what I like? Those Swedes. The Swedes. They stand on the sidewalk and block it. You can't get by them. They're always in groups of a half a dozen or more. Yeah, but what do you think about their meatballs? Ah, they got nothing on Italian meatballs. Oh, how do you make your meatballs, Joe? Special recipe. Not have taught me the recipe. Can't put it on the air. Uh, I like Swedish meatballs. Um, I think Italian meatballs are hit or miss for me. Hit or miss? Well, I don't. Just my opinion. I uh, I made some meatballs a few weeks ago. I had I had a, this idea in my brain. It didn't come out very well, but I, want, <laughs> I wanted to make macaroni and meatballs. What macaroni in the meatballs? No, uh, oh. put the meatballs in the macaroni. Right, right, right. Um, it just didn't work out how I thought it would work out. I thought it'd be good, but I, I don't know. I ended up just adding more pasta sauce to the. Hey, Vody, are you a hipster? Am I a hipster? Um, I don't think I'm cool enough to be a hipster. Um, I do have a lot of trappings of a hipster. You like, got the beard? Yeah. Well, that's mostly because and you live in Brooklyn too. Well, that was on accident. I, uh, I, I have the beard because if I shave my face, I break out in pimples and, you know. Well, I would think that's only temporary, right? Right. But by the time you get rid of those, then you got to shave again. Like, I think I've had the same razor in my bathroom for five years now, maybe. Yeah. That's what happens when you never use it. Right. Yeah. You, you probably go through razors like. Nonstop. I buy cheap disposable ones. You don't have a safe or one of those deluxe razors that like Rick Harrison uses from I, Pawn Stars. I don't like the expensive razors. To me, they're not they're garbage. They're not worth it. Interesting. Um, I buy Target's own brand. It's like sixteen razors for three dollars or whatever. And it's better than that Dollar Shave Club, or have you just? Not I never tried that? that. Yeah. Huh. But uh, I'm open to it. <laughs> Shaving is one of my least favorite things. Really. I will shave like once a week, 
and then you know, and then leave it be till the next week. Um, a few months ago, I had to get a stress test. Yes, I remember that. And uh, I think the worst part of the whole thing was the the woman was like, "You're gonna have to shave your chest because our little." Right. Uh, suction cup things aren't going to yeah. stay on your hairy, sweaty chest. And yeah. I was like, okay. Like Tom Selleck. Yeah. So I, I had asked my uncle for some tips because I know he likes to be hairless on his body. He was like, I use Nair. I'm like, I don't. Is he a swimmer? No, he just. I Good guess, for swimming or biking. That's what I've heard. He yeah. just, uh, I don't know. That's just how he is. I'll who's have to have the, him on uh, the show one day. Who's the most famous person you've ever seen in in, in person? Hmm. Not counting, like, if you go to a concert, you know. Right. I... The most famous person. Joe Biden? Uh... Is he the most famous? For me, it's Robert De Niro. Yeah, you saw Robert De Niro? Uh, Joe's met everyone. Pacino. Yeah, I met Pacino. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he met, uh... Marlon Brando. No way. Yeah, he met him. Uh, Victor Moan. I don't even know who that is. Um, uh, I mean, I can tell you a story about yeah, tell someone me a that's story. famous. Tell us a story. It's not that good of a story. So uh, me and my buddy were at work, and we're going to go downstairs, and uh, the elevator opens, and it was kind of late, but there was already people in the elevator, and I was just kind of like, eh, we'll take the next one. My buddy was like, no, go in there. And I was like, ugh, okay. And so there's like this guy in a... Uh, in a tuxedo and a woman in a very nice gown. Yeah. And I'm just like looking at them, trying to figure out like, where are they going? What are they doing? Cause you know, I'm just in a t-shirt and jeans. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we finally get downstairs and my buddy's like, yo, you know who that is? I was like, um, I don't know. He's like, that's Emma stone. I was like from Harry Potter. <laughs> and he was like, no, from super bad and all those other movies. I was like, Oh, I like her. But she, like, I guess, you know, people look different in real life. and uh, Some do. Some people look different. Some look exactly the same as on TV. Right. And I feel like a lot of women, you know, they'll do their hair and makeup differently, too, from roll to roll and when they're in real life, too. Like, sometimes, you know, you, you'll be talking to somebody one day, and then they come in, and they have their hair down or hair up, and you're like, who is this person? I'm not, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of hers, by the way. Oh, well, I'm not here to poo-poo anybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, But... You know, that was just, that's probably the most famous person I've seen, I think, unless right. you count, like, I, I ran into Questlove an awful lot, and, uh, oh, uh, Keenan Thompson and I, right. we had a slightly cordial, uh, what do you call that, repertoire? Repartee? Repartee, that's it, <laughs> that's the word, uh, because once I held the elevator door open for him, I didn't realize who he was till he got off. And I was like, ah, Keenan. And uh, later on, he actually held the door open for me. We did a little fist bump. It was cool. Uh, and I thought the next time I would see him, I would do my impression of his character from all that, who was a Frenchman that sat in a bathtub, and his right. name was Pierre Escargot. Uh-huh. <laughs> he would just basically say like silly phrases in French, and then it would, you know transliterate to or translate to uh i've got stinky cheese in my toes right. uh, 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 uh. so i wanted to do that but i never got the chance to do that um i'm sure there's plenty of people i've seen oh uh one of the first were you there 
uh, when they were filming 30 Rock. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin are also up there. Right. Um, and that was cool because that was like my first or second month of work. As I told you many times, I was invited on the Today Show, uh, Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon. Uh huh. You know, as a joke. I was ran, I ran into Jimmy, uh, and I said, Jimmy, when can I come on the show? Mm hmm. And he goes, he says, anytime you want. And, uh, he says, there's only one rule, though. You have to be funny. So I said, well, I'm not funny, so I won't be there for a while. Right. But, uh, I don't think you're that bad. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, but uh, I'm, it's not my specialty. That's a that's another thing I'm a little upset about. I never ran into Jimmy Fallon because I did multiple times. He's got the. We both have Nintendo Switches, and I thought it'd be nice if I could be his friend and school him in some Smash Brothers or Mario Kart. Some. Uh, I thought it was. I met uh, James Bond, Roger Moore. Oh yeah, was personally exciting for me. Was that in England or was that here in America? That was in New York City. It was for the fiftieth anniversary of the first james bond movie wow so i think this was 2012 uh-huh yeah so that was cool because i'm a fan of james bond but you ever uh, read any of the ian fleming novels i haven't no uh but uh maybe one day because they're they're non or they're fiction so yeah that's not- you know i speaking of i just read a book about the kennedy assassination it's called uh, i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> it's written by is an it Australian. killing Kennedy by uh, Bill O'Reilly? No, no, it's written by an Australian <laughs> guy who was a homicide detective. Um, uh-huh. Uh huh. But anyway, I think he solves the. Uh, well, you know how I feel about I he Commonwealth it. nations trying to stick their nose into American. Right? No, I don't actually. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know how I feel about when British people come on the phone and they say "Cheers, mate." Yeah. I don't like that. You know what? I don't like the trend what? Uh, in America of... Pe- uh, I hated it when I lived in... it. It's an Australian thing. When no people worries. Say, oh. Do you say that? Um, I hate it. Only if like I want them to worry secretly. Yeah, like it's <laughs> like, catching on and like, I don't really like it. Like when I say like no problem, it was a little problem. Like right. I'm just lying. Or like the other thing that I hate about what's no worries, going on... Mate. In America, is uh, people... I say, forget about it. People saying, thank hey, you. Hey, forget about it. Joe, go... <sighs> I'm sorry. I should have left him out on the You street. should have left him hey. out. It's not that cold out this week. Yeah, I know. Um, the, you should uh, be working the slicer. When you are doing something for somebody... Yeah. And you thank them... Yes. Like, say if you were, like, a yes. cash register person yes. at, like, a uh, fast food place, and you say thank you to them, Yeah. even though you're like, wait, but I'm the person that's doing all the work, but right. it would be considered rude if you don't tell the person thank you. Yeah. That's something I think that needs to change. Um, and also, speaking of that, I, if, if you ever say thank you yeah. at Chick-fil-A, they're supposed to respond with, my pleasure... I don't know if you've noticed that, if you've ever been there, but that's what they say is uh, my pleasure instead of, like, you're welcome, I guess. Mm. But uh, usually I always fight a thank you back with a no thank you when I was in a position like that. So no, I, I don't think that's anything. Thank better. you. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it, it I don't. I don't know what the solution is. But grazie. Mamma mia. Pop. grazie. Baby's got the diarrhea. What do you think about that, Joe, huh? Uh Bad sauce. 
Um, so if you could, you describe for me your perfect. Who are you talking? Me or Joe? You. Oh, okay. Could you describe for me your perfect pizza? Oh, I know we just had pizza for lunch. Yeah, so we did. I don't know if that well, was. Thanks, uh, Joe. Made that. Thanks, Joe. I make the best pizza in Brooklyn. Don't they all? Uh, my pizza, uh, it would be, uh, it'd have a topping, but not too much. I don't like when they overload, uh, mm-hmm. you know, nice pepperoni, maybe uh, throw in a, a few pieces of sausage, maybe, meatball. That's it. Uh, a, like, a meat uh, lover is kind of. Not too, yeah, maybe not a so light, much light meat, meat lovers. lovers. A little. Like maybe, a meat likers. Yeah, like, like I, I kind of, I kind of like meat pizza. Yeah. I uh, I'm a big fan of sausage, pepperoni, or not pepperoni, peppers and onions. Yeah, I don't eat that. I think that's the perfect trifecta for me, right there. Uh, I don't like it when it's extra bready, very bready. Uh huh. Well, yeah, that was the thing. Growing up in Delaware, I don't know the pizza is very different. We have a place called Grotto's, yeah. and it's one of those places where they put the cheese Chicago on. Chicago style is not real pizza. Yeah, we know. I know that's it's a New York thing. We uh. Yeah, so they put the cheese on first, and then the sauce goes on in like a weird circle pattern. I, I, yes, yeah, yeah. It's gross. It's disgusting. And you know, I was in a Domino's once, and the, the crust was a, a liquid, like pancake batter. <laughs> what? So they pour the pancake batter, uh, uh-huh. the, uh, and it turns into the crust. I don't know if they still do it that way, but that's how they it used to be. That's interesting. Um, Pizza Hut. You remember when Pizza Hut had a uh, uh, buffet? They still do. They still do? Yeah, they still do. Wow. What yeah. a treat. Maybe I should go. I don't know where there's a pizza hut around here. But. I survived on the uh, pizza hut buffet for a while. Wow. In, in my younger years, yeah. I Maybe would eat if- about 12 slices and uh, <laughs> and not eat again for about 18 hours. Yeah. When I had no money. Maybe I'm thinking of Wendy's when Wendy's used to have like a salad bar. Do you uh, remember those days? No, I remember Arby's had a fixin's bar. Oh my! But uh, I don't recall that. There was an Arby's in uh, Nanuet, New uh-huh. York. I think it's Nanuet. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's next to the Stilettos Strip Club. Uh huh. Uh huh. It used to be. You know, oh yeah. I, it's all still there. Yeah. Or at least it was there three or four years ago uh, when I was. I haven't been up there in twenty years. <laughs> the uh, I actually is that the. There was two strip clubs. Yeah, yeah. One of them's topless only. Yeah. And because they serve drinks there, and there's another one that's fully naked. But yeah, Stilettos is fully naked. Okay, uh, so then that's the one we went alcoholic yeah. That was the first thing. I, I I think we got there like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And we actually ran into some like friends of my friend, and they were trying to give us their like wrist badges to get in, but like yeah. my, my hand wasn't felt enough to get through that whole I got thrown there. out of or virtually thrown out of stilettos because they have the drink requirements yes and I was filling up my water bottle in the bathroom <laughs> with no intention of drinking from it uh-huh. but just so it looked full and I was ratted out by a customer wow and uh yeah so they then they they threw me out yeah I think I remember paying like 15 bucks for like a bottle of Poland spring yeah, well, I when I, I haven't been there since the nineties. Uh, <laughs> when I was there, I could actually smoke cigars inside. Right, that long ago. Uh, I think it was about four dollars for a, a, a bottle of water back then. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that that was my first 
strip club and only strip club at this point. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I sat down, she like grabbed me by my head and like kind of like which head? <laughs> Joe, come on. She kind of like rubbed this my face like two inches away yes. from her crotch, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Well, two inches so, is actually a lot of space. So for them. <laughs> I started. I, I had gave her like a dollar to go away, pretty much, I guess. And you know, I just was like, "What are we doing here?" Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I either like, I don't have enough money for me to find this enjoyable, or I, I, I just don't know what the appeal of the strip club is. Um, uh, especially in this day and age, when you can look at naked people anytime you want. But they're two dimensional. They are, but uh, you can't can't touch them anyways but uh so, yeah i don't see the appeal either it's it's not for me i'm not really into it uh, i'm not gonna get into why but uh <laughs> yeah I, I that's why i haven't been to one since the 90s so right i have no desire to go back i i don't blame you um they're not they're just not the entertainment i thought they were i go to scores once in a while scores down in manhattan oh once in a while, I mean about four times a week. Oh, my. Yeah, Joe, Joe loves women. He's a regular. Yeah, he's a, he's a lover. Um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about, Travis? Well, we're both music guys. Oh, um, yeah. Both big fans of music. So maybe I have uh, a few things. Um, what's the best Beatles album? Mm, like... My favorite album, yeah. or what's the best Beatles album? Objective. Well, if you believe in objective art, but no, I can't. Um, personally, I know this might sound weird because of how I look and everything, but my favorite Beatles album is actually a Hard Day's Night. Yeah, that's where they came into their. Uh, it's the. Um, it was the first one that didn't have any covers right. or anything. Yeah, they, they made uh, you know, a Hard Day's Night the movie with it, and it was actually a decent movie. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen Help, but that movie's awful. I have um, seen Help. I don't mind it. I, it just has nothing on A Hard Day's Night for me. Right. Um, you know, you got great songs on there uh, with that, they call it like a mysterious opening chord because they're like, how can you play that? But it sounds like what they did was uh, they did some analysis on it and it turns out that it's like a, a G an augmented G with like a F in the bass note. So they think that like George Harrison, like overdubbed right. an extra F note on yeah. it. But, uh, I just always thought that was funny that that was such a, uh, unknown thing for so long. And what's interesting is at that time they were working off a, uh, four track only. Yes. So they'd have to mix down four tracks down into one to add more than four tracks, which of course ruins, uh, fidelity, but yes, um, very primitive recording style. My uh, favorite one is the White Album, or as it's colloquially known, but uh, more known uh, officially as the Beatles. Right. Uh, you like number nine? No, it's garbage. Revolution it's terrible. Nine. It's it's should never have been on there. Yeah, I stopped listening there, and at uh, Good Night, I never listened to that. I Good, Good Night Ringo. to me has a purpose. Uh, I just can't get over that. It has no purpose for me. It's it's cheesy. Over it's kind the top. of out of place. 
do it's not Disney-like. Like it. Very, it's like Disney-ish. But I, you know, Dear Prudence. Yes. Um, While my guitar gently weeps. Yes. Um, happiness is a warm. Happiness. Uh, cry, baby, cry. Yes. Uh, those are all great songs. Yeah. Um, sexy Sadie. Yep. Long, long, long. Yeah. Um, back uh, in the USSR. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that one. Well, it's funny because it was like a play on the Beach Boys. Yeah, right. I get that. And it's a good thing it was one of those things that you can get later. Like sometimes uh, references are just lost to obscurity because something either fell out of popularity yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's not in the zeitgeist anymore. But, uh, you know, things like Beach Boys and Beatles have been around for 50, 60 years now. Yeah. Mike Love. Yeah. Still doing his thing. Yeah. He's got a handlebar mustache I saw the other day. on. The I'm a uh, Brian Wilson guy. Oh, for sure. Me too. I'm not a big fan of Mike Love. Mike Love's the uh, the corporate face of yeah. the Beach Boys, and Brian Wilson was the brains. And I hate that like that 70s, 80s, eternal summer Kokomo and stuff style like that. they morphed yeah. into. It's just they, It was it. like they regressed back to uh, their early days yeah. without... Wilson. But even with like even worse songs, I think. Yeah. Like at least when they were in that early stage, they had like "In My Room" and uh, what are some of the other ones? Uh, "I Get Around." Yeah. Uh, yeah. "Little Surfer Girl." Yeah. Um, yeah, they have good songs. I think what they were trying to do was like, I I feel like they weren't popular in the seventies and eighties, and they were trying to be like, well, what do people like? How can we capitalize on this like nostalgia? Yeah, and so they kind of went back to that thing, and then you know, Kokomo, I think, I the last yeah. uh, number one or whatever they had right. from Cocktail, and uh, it's just which been, is a terrible movie, by the way, Cocktail. I thought that was your favorite uh, Tom Cruise movie. No, no, I like Top Gun better for for one thing. Uh huh. Um, you know who I can't stand musically is Jimmy Buffett. Uh, I'm really not into him at all. I don't like that island escape philosophy of his, and I just—he just really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Nobody beats Frank. Nobody beats Sinatra. Beats, I know. Sinatra, I yeah. know what he means. Dean Martin. Yeah. Dean Farton. It's more like it. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, what's your opinion on Jimmy Buffett? Not very strong one way or another. Yeah. I I literally only know, because uh, I know. Margaritaville. Yeah, if I say any more. Terrible song. Um, the stupid one about cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, garbage. I um, hate it. You know who doesn't get enough love, what? I think, is uh, Dr. Hook. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, not big on Dr. Hook? No, it's not that. I'm not. Uh, familiar with it to the form and opinion uh, he's got one of those unique voices like i i don't know he's out of this world like when someone's got a voice like it like a from credence uh fogarty, fogarty john fogarty yeah uh when i was a kid i was like they let that guy sing like he's not even saying the words properly you know <laughs> like i hoid it through the grapevine <laughs> like I, as a kid i was just like what is this and as I got older, I realized, oh, it's like a inflection of 
you know his accent or whatever even though weren't they from california yeah oakland area, they're supposed to be like swamp rock from Louisiana. I, was, I saw like i saw him at like a concert and he's like you know I, I grew up in california but my heart's always been in louisiana and it's like, yeah, oh, okay. like have you seen the queen movie no i haven't no, have I you haven't either no i don't uh, really have an interest <laughs> <laughs> my one friend described it as for like the first half of the movie, the actor playing him was like yeah. getting used to the the teeth. The teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can see that. Yeah. I grew up with a guy who used to call him Joey Teeth. Yeah, Is it because he had teeth? <laughs> he had no teeth. It was ironic. Oh. Um, I, the movie apparently it leads up to like the big Live Aid concert. Uh huh. And it's like, well, why don't I just watch the real concert on YouTube? <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. It's like instead of this fake one. Uh, um, I had the Wembley live at Wembley. Yeah, that was I think my first Queen album, and right. I, I was a little like, "This isn't what I wanted. I wanted the studio versions." And yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there's some good stuff on there. Mostly, I was just kind of like, "How do they do that?" I think a lot of it was sweetened up in the studio. Oh um, yeah, unless, and they also probably had some recorded tracks for certain songs. Um, oh, you mean the, yeah, in the concert? Yeah, well, they did. Didn't they do recorded tracks for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? I think. Yeah, they don't do the whole thing. No, he plays piano over a little bit and then he sings. Yeah, and I don't think they bring the gong with them to end it. Yeah, um, you know who used the big use of the gong? The police used the gong a lot. Oh yeah, Copeland. Yeah, yeah he a, would. Uh, he would always hit that gong. Well, the thing that I learned about him is that. You know, he was always, like, doing these parts that were, like, impossible to play. Yeah. And people were like, how did he do that? And so, like, they would just imitate it. And then he'd come back and he'd be like, you guys know I overdubbed that. Right? <laughs> like, and I'm like, no. So, it's like, it is possible, I guess, on a certain level. Yeah. Um, and I guess you need people like that to be uh, innovative for the next generation. Um, but it, it's just funny to me how when somebody thinks something's impossible that all they need to do is see someone else do it or even think that they can do it, and then they can do it. Kind of like the uh, the four-minute mile. Well, they used to say uh, Sergeant Peppers was, like, unreplicable in live. Right. And now uh, I saw Paul McCartney do Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite. Yeah. Like, live. And Cheap Trick covered the whole album a few years back. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's a little different arranging, but virtually right. the same. Well, for- from what what I was getting at was the uh, the four minute mile that was like yeah. a mark. Roger Bannister that was impossible. He just died recently, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. To uh to get and then you know once the first guy does it, then everybody else kind of figures out how to do it. Um, you know, I was reading. Uh, I guess that's why they call them trailblazers, right? I was reading before <laughs> he did that that they were saying uh, they, you know, the infamous they. Uh-huh. That, uh huh. That New York Post. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, the human body couldn't handle that speed of under four minutes, and then right. he'd die. Right. So, uh, of course, he did it, and he lived another 60 years, mm-hmm. so I don't think... And he became a doctor, I believe, medical doctor, and uh, so obviously they weren't right there. Wow. I didn't know you knew so much about this guy. Yeah, well... I kind of... Yeah. I just briefly looked him up the other day, because it, it was kind of brought up in uh, something I was Well, reading. I read his obituary when he... Well, ah. Maybe a month or two ago, whenever it was... Uh, have you heard about Mount Everest, how, like, all these dead people are on the mountain? Yeah. And in perfect condition? Well, except for the part that they're dead, right? Well, they're dead, but they... Perfectly preserved. Barely look it. Uh Uh, So now they're sending all these Sherpas up 
to uh, to clean out the dead people. Okay. Yeah, because they're starting to clog <laughs> up uh, the roots. <laughs> it's just the guy sitting wow. there, like Was Jack it? Nicholson at the end of The Shining, you know? Uh, it's a lot of dead. I love The Shining. Yeah. It's a lot of dead dudes. For yeah. The, I, I mean, wow. It's, uh, they have the whole oxygen versus non-oxygen kind of mountain climbing. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. How are we doing at time? I, I feel like I'm rambling. We've been here for almost an hour. Really? I thought it was about three. Three minutes? Three, three hours. hours? Yeah. Sitting next to Joe makes it feel like three hours. I know. Hey, go. <sighs> he also smells a little, too. He smells like Salami. Garlic. No, garlic. <laughs> garlic with a touch of oregano. Yeah, you just pop him in the oven and <laughs> good to go. That's what happens when you hang out in a deli all day. I used to hang out in delis all day. I worked at a Quiznos. Yeah. And I worked at a local deli. And uh, I, I'm going to reveal this information. Okay. Um, so I would only worked there for two months, but I only worked like weekends. So it was like, you know, eight, 16 days or whatever. And uh, when they taught me to make their Italian, they told me that they like to put um, a little dab of mayonnaise right. on the cheese to kind of hold everything together. But I never put the mayonnaise on the cheese because I was like, there's already enough mayonnaise it's like the on the stucco. sandwich. It's like the stucco <laughs> of the sandwich. So keep yeah, it together. I understood why, but I was just like, ah, these people don't need this much mayonnaise in their life. Like, So I'm sorry, Casapola's South, but uh, I didn't make your sandwiches how you wanted them. My, my great-grandfather used to come in and get sandwiches, and that would be funny because I don't think he really recognized me until I was like, hey, pop up. And he was like, Huh? I'm like, you getting a sandwich? Yeah. Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> His name was uh, Bill Linton. My friend thought that was funny because it's just one letter off of yeah. Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. His favorite places were uh, Wendy's and Casapolis. Those were his two hangout eating spots. Yeah. Do you know what another good uh, hangout old person spot is? I didn't know that you had brought up earlier. Uh, funeral homes? No. Arby's. Uh- Oh, yeah, Arby's, yeah. Um, Once in high school, I had, like, a free period at the beginning of the day, but I needed to, like, study, and there was an Arby's up the road. I was like, I'll just go, and I'll get, like, a little something at Arby's. I get there. It's, like, you know, 8 o'clock. There's, like, 50 old people at Arby's just hanging out, drinking their coffee or whatever it is they eat, and I didn't... there's, There's this whole new world out from high school when you're a kid, you know? You're, like... I'm never out and about during these times. How do I, how do I adjust to this world? Yeah, by me they hang out at a Starbucks inside a Target. Ooh, and they don't order anything. They just take up uh-huh. all the tables and kind of loiter. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's going to say anything to them. <laughs> Other old people complain. It's kind of like Joe. A- what do you think? I think it's bullshit. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> the. Uh, uh, are there any words that you would like to leave to the future generations, Travis? Of America? Of, uh, let's just say, Brooklyn. Yeah, there are. Uh, don't believe everything you hear. Uh-huh. Research things on your own. In the New York Post, right? If it, no, if you know. Uh, and uh, form your own opinions. That's that's just, you know, be a, be a free thinker. That's what I would say. Right. 
Because the, the only reason I say that is because there's a elementary school across the street from here. And um, you can go give that advice to them right, right uh, now. Oh, no, actually, they've been out of school for like 30 minutes now. But next time, you can go hang outside the school. Yeah, and, I, I don't uh, think loitering out outside the elementary school is a good idea. Oh, you don't? No. Oh. Um, well, in that case, I think your cab is here. Um, <laughs> Joe's giving me a ride. Oh, cab. Well, we got you a cab, so if you could take the cab, Joe can just drive home. Well, Joe lives in Bay Ridge, so he doesn't have to. So where's he going to drive? He doesn't need to drive you then. No, I guess not. It's- Save me the trip. Exactly, Joe. I don't want to drive all the way to Manhattan and come back to Bay Ridge. This is for you, Joe. Um, You're the man, Marty. Have a good one, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. This has been another episode of The Vaudacity. Uh, check us out on the internet at PucketProductions.com. <laughs>